the nice thing about Etsy is they do have an ad platform. So you're not just relying on organic traffic, especially when you're just trying to get a good sense of where stuff is at. But you can also run, if you wanted to do quick tests, you can do some influencer marketing to your potential audience and just point them back to Etsy. This is The E-Commerce Leader, a show for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this shorter episode, we bring you our hot takes on topical and central e-commerce subjects, fresh from our expert panel, Chris Green, Jason Miles, Kyle Hamer, and myself, Michael Beasley. Let's jump in. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon Profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you, and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the call-in show for the e-commerce leader podcast with our sort of four-person panel, Chris Green, Kyle Hamer, Jason Miles, and myself. So three Yanks and the Brit discussing e-commerce on all its forms. We're talking about sales channels, and today we're going to talk Etsy, which is a very exciting place under-discussed relative to the power of it. I know that, um, Jason, you're going to be giving us particularly a lot of detail because you've got a lot of involvement in this. My understanding is that it 10x its value in about a year under the pandemic, so certainly the investors of Wall Street think it's got an incredibly long way to go. Uh, So let's kick this off. Jason, why don't you kick us off? Because I know that you sell on Etsy. You're also involved with getting your clients onto the platform as well. Mm -hmm. So what's your take on that? I love Etsy. Just hot take. I love it. It has been our secondary sales channel for years and years now. And we have our pretty much full catalog, something like 3000 products on the platform. Uh, I just looked at our stats just to see where where we're at lately. Total sales on the platform all time for our shop, which is called Pixie Fair Patterns, if you want to check it out, is 78,140 sales. And just as context, I just look in the back end dashboard. In the last 30 days, we had 73,000 views of our products. We had 32,900 visits to our products and we had 928 orders of our products. And um, so we love the platform. I would say if you are past the product exploration phase of your business, where you found a product and you have product to market match, and that product is not on Etsy, but it could be, then you're really one step away from a whole new sales channel being set up and supporting your business. I like Etsy because they make it very simple for sellers. If you look at the back end of uh, Seller Central or even try to look in the back end of a Shopify store after you set them up, they're a hairball (laughs) complexity frequently. There's a lot of stuff to figure out. Etsy is pretty simple. And they make it that way because they have a lot of people who are kitchen table entrepreneurs. And so I love it for that reason. So anyway, so that's my background and and point of view on it. Happy to answer questions or share more thoughts. But there you have it. Excellent. Obviously, there's quite a bit to dig into that. Yeah. Love to find out more about your personal experiences and, and where it fits into your business. So let's keep going for now. Chris, what's your hot takes on the Etsy Platform. The way I look at it, as someone who works with and coaches a lot of new sellers who are either just getting started or looking to expand, is Etsy is a marketplace similar to eBay and Amazon. It kind of got started more for handmade type products, so you can sell 
tons of different products on there, including digital and printable and downloadable products, which is a print on demand guy and a digital product guy and a no physical inventory kind of guy is very attractive. But a, a very common question that I get is, should I expand Etsy or should I expand? Maybe. And that's where you have to stop and think and be like, do my products match this platform. And the first thing I would do is go to the platform and see if anybody else is selling your type of products or similar types of products. How are they doing? You can see how many sales they have. You can see their number uh, of, of feedback ratings. So you get a great idea of if Etsy makes sense to your business. And it comes from more of a an Amazon seller to, hey, should I add eBay? And it's, I don't know. Does it make sense? If you're going to get 10% more sales, but it's going to take you 30% more time to manage that, it might not make sense. But if you're going to get 50% more sales and it's like super easy, it's only going to take 10% more time, like then yes, it should you should do that. Uh, but I don't want people to get in the, the, or get the idea of another marketplace. Yes, I should be on it. Not necessarily. I don't want to say yes or no. Everything's pretty much gray. But if it makes sense for you to expand your products over on Etsy or because you're starting something and your products are a great match for the Etsy marketplace, then yes, you absolutely should do it. Etsy has grown. It's huge. It's a household name. Like Jason said, it's simple on the back end. You can get orders. You can ship them out. You can see what your competition is doing. You can see where the opportunities are. And I think it's a great platform in the sense of you can differentiate yourself with different types of things other than just lowering price. Be like, hey, I have amazing photography. I invested in a good camera. I learned how to adjust the settings of my iPhone camera to really make my products pop. And that can differentiate you on a, on a site like Etsy that you really can't do as much on, on other sites. So Etsy, is, it's a site that I'd like to you know, spend more time on myself. Yeah, it's an amazing place. And you've come to the right place because Jason is just killing it. Yeah, we've got to come back to you, Jason, and find out what's going on with uh, all that success there just a quick reflection i guess what you're saying ties into our leadership stream of content which is more is not better and then more channels more products doesn't necessarily mean more success especially doesn't necessarily mean more profit right and so that's it depends on the management overhead that's added etc and also the other thing we're talking about is my audience there and the flip side of that as you were saying chris is is my product type being sold on there so Really good points. Kyle, what are your thoughts on Etsy or the experiences of the Yeah, we've been selling on Etsy for a while. We're in the art in the art supply space. It's a good fit for us. It's really interesting. Etsy is they've grown a ton, like you'd mentioned, particularly over the pandemic. A lot of people getting on there trying to do some handmade items and sell some goods. And Etsy to me from just a thirty thousand foot level is an interesting example of really niche marketing and companies that are trying to make that sort of transition out of niche. Because when they got started, it was all about handcrafted, handmade items. You couldn't list anything that was that was produced or manufactured or for vintage type items that you would want to sell on that platform. But over the last few years, they realized that they're sort of hitting some growth barriers to that, right? Because the advantage of going super niche when they started was providing a marketplace for creators and um makers to sell their goods and that was great and they would excluded everybody else and that really allowed them to to dominate that particular niche and then the problem with, with the downside of niches you can easily dominate it but on the flip side is that you have a small total addressable market and so now they're in this process of how do we get more mainstream how do we compete at a large level but still maintain their their uniqueness and I, it, so it's interesting to me to watch them do that over the last uh, couple of years bringing on more product types bringing expanding who they allow on the platform and that just also allows them to attract uh, new customers as well because for a, a long time if your customer wasn't on Etsy 
then you know obviously you couldn't sell. But as their base expands, uh, then it opens up new opportunities and new selling opportunities. So it's really interesting. The other sort of takeaway thought from that is there are definitely people that go to turn to Etsy as an alternate solution to places like it. We had one one experience with a customer who the they bought from us, but we didn't have any fulfillment direct for our Etsy channel that wasn't um, through Amazon FBA at the time. And so we were like, oh, we're going to have to ship this order, but it's going to have to come from FBA in order to get it uh, all there on time. And so we shipped it, right? We got this like flaming customer service email and they're like, if I wanted to order from Amazon, I would have just ordered from Amazon. You're packaging, what's going on? And they were like super offended, like Jeff Bezos, I don't want to support. And I just responded, I was like, hey, due to the fact that we've got COVID restrictions on stuff, like we're just trying to deliver everything to you the quickest way possible possible or sorry if, if Amazon packaging offended you and they're like oh, okay no, no problem they were like <laughs> cordial but it was like it, it painted a really interesting picture there are a definite set of people that are looking for alternative marketplaces uh, to Amazon as a solution and so Etsy is, is working to establish that and it's it's really interesting yeah that's very interesting isn't it that's whole perception thing that people <laughs> imagine that everyone never interacts with Amazon in any way shape or form whereas of course Amazon's incredible at fulfillment never mind producing stuff but yeah, interesting uh, what you're saying about the niche marketing. So I don't have any direct experience of Etsy, but I had an indirect brush with it and I was brushing up on this. I just happened to mention something to my wife and uh, let's just say that we, we both had sort of financial interactions with the person. I'm going to be careful what I say here, but I discovered that one of the people that we've interacted with in, in our community of, of sort of uh, wealthy people in London that we've served in the past happens to have sold Depop to Etsy for a rather huge amount of money. And what struck me is interesting to what you were saying. So Depop's uh, not something I personally come across, but apparently it's pretty famous. And uh, it's the fashion resale marketplace. And what it seems is that Etsy's acquisition model, to your point, um, Kyle, rather than just expanding into becoming the quotes, everything store and being a kind of bad version of, they seem to be trying to acquire marketplaces that are very niche specific, that have loyalty and brand in those spaces, such as Depop, there's a musical instrument marketplace, Reverb, a Brazilian handmade goods marketplace, Elo 7. And those, that seems to be their, their acquisition, you know, growth by acquisition, but acquiring very niche properties so that it retains that very tight message to market match that you get with those niches of people that like insanely specific things. So that's very, very interesting to me. And talking of which, coming back to people who love insanely specific things, Jason, we, we can't just let slide the fact that you guys are really killing it on Etsy. Pixie Fair is serving an extremely specific type of consumer, couture, dolls clothes, who knew that was even a thing? And yet, of course, you guys have made an incredibly good living from it for, for over a decade now. So what do you think are the keys to your success? and that other people could possibly emulate and what things do you think might not be so easily copied by other people yeah the, you know what we sell on pixie fair is the patterns not the physical product so it's a digital download uh, product line and etsy was interesting to us years ago when we first looked into it we started our business on ebay selling the physical garments the physical items and then we in 2009 started selling the digitally downloadable patterns that's the business that's scaled into Pixie Fair. It's a marketplace in its own. So to one degree, it's a competitor to Etsy because we have about 120 or so designers in our small niche that sell through Pixie Fair. So when Etsy came along, we were we were on our own website because you couldn't sell digitally downloadable files through eBay or Amazon. And Craigslist didn't make sense. But so it was like the options that existed for us back then. There are people who have a hack on selling physical files or digital files on eBay, but it's really not 
it's just a platform that that does it per se. So we we were uh, boxed out of these big marketplaces. So that's why we made our own website and sold direct to consumer initially. And then when Etsy came along, we started watching it. And then they unlocked the ability to sell digital files. I don't remember the exact sequence, but at some point they allowed for digital downloads. And that opened the door for us to put our catalog on the site. We had a choice, which was very interesting at that point as a meta topic, which was, did we want to not be there deliberately? And people had find us on our own website, or did we want to participate in the marketplace for sales, but also just as a defensive measure in our niche, which I realize it might be funny to say it's the brutally competitive world of doll clothes pattern making, but that was our choice. And so we decided to go ahead and list our catalog on Etsy and it has become a meaningful, a very meaningful sales channel for us. The, the thing about it that's different from Pixie Fair is a freemium model where we have hundreds of patterns that are free and people come and they get them for free, check out through our shopping cart with no transaction cost to them or us. But on Etsy, you can't do that. It's not built for freemium. And so therefore we had to compete head to head priced products to price products against other people that were there. And so that was the interesting use case that we had to learn our way through and set up and master. And we've done it over, it's been a long time since we started. I don't remember. I could look, I guess, when our account was started, but it's been a long time. And now it's a, a system that we both use the ad platform and organic reach and sales. And we've mastered sort of both parts of that, I think, and or at least become proficient at both sides of it. And that helps with velocity of sales. And uh, so I could talk about uh, the, the nuance of how to do stuff on Etsy. I think the bigger question is, do you have a product that's right? And to Kyle's point, they're expanding constantly what they actually technically allow and the types of sellers. And it, it might be a, worth a second look if you've got a decent product going already to ask yourself, how can you do well on Etsy? It was surprising to me, to be honest, that it's scaled as big as it has. It's a real you know, success story in e-commerce world over the last decade. When we watched them, we were like, yeah, this is never going to, it's just, it's not going to get to scale, but it has. Now the guy who founded it, Rob Callen made $0 when they went public. And it's a success story for the company, but a really sad story for the founder actually. But, but I guess I'd just say, look into it because there is something there for many sellers. And um, you might be surprised to know that in the United States, according to similar web, Etsy's the fourth largest e-commerce operation and worldwide, according to similar web, it's the seventh largest e-commerce operation. And that's amazing because worldwide, that's you're competing then with all the, the Chinese e-commerce operations and all that. And so it's a big place <laughs> and I'm not sure people who have brushed it off or ignored it have realized how big it's gotten, you know? Yeah. And they've invested a lot of money into advertising like you're yeah. seeing etsy commercials ott uh, stuff uh, and then they did a really interesting deal with their advertising right around the time of the pandemic and they ran it for a while where they were literally running like google shopping ads for your products for free they were just saying enter into it and they were going to push it out there and pay for that and then they would take a little bit if they actually made a sale so you got free brand promotion for your products across Google that Etsy was helping to underwrite. So I thought that was, uh, it was, it was a really smart move by them. And I thought it was uh, a good opportunity for, for brands. Which was the playbook straight out of Amazon land. That's straight what Amazon up, did forever when they started. It was just yeah, totally yeah. arbitrage off Google AdWords. Yeah, and exactly. And Etsy's done the same thing. And as a seller on Etsy, and if we all know this as well as sellers on Amazon, you're benefiting from that directly. If you're one of the objects of their ad focus for key phrases or keywords, you just get to ride along 
with juiced sales because of their largesse as a corporation to help advertise the overall marketplace. They're advertising for you, literally, which is amazing. Yeah, totally agree. Very interesting. Chris, your second order thoughts in response to these guys. I could go on and on. There's so many opportunities, but that's the same for every marketplace that's out there. I was surprised, Jason, how big Etsy was. I didn't Google and, and check the stats recently, but I'm, I'm impressed that they're that big. and actually makes me want to maybe spend a little more time looking closer at Etsy, especially because they can do uh, digital downloadable products, which are some of my favorites. There's just so much opportunity there, and I want people to understand and be able to I don't know what, I don't know how to almost grab people by the shirt and shake them sometimes to be like, guys, there's such an opportunity here. If it's the right one for your products. And I don't know guys, last time you guys went to a craft fair, it might be like pre COVID stuff, but I don't know how many times I've seen something like a product on Instagram or a product in, like in real life. I'm like, all this person needs is an iPhone, an Instagram account and an Etsy store. And they would kill it. And I think that's an opportunity for so many people out there who I think just don't realize that they're actually good at something or they actually make something that people want or they're underestimating the increased demand that people have for custom and personalized and unique gifts. Instead of buying something off the shelf at a retailer, they're like, no, I want to get something that really means something to this person. I want to customize and personal. And it's not to spend more money. It's just that it's the, the thought that counts kind of thing. I see a lot of that lately where it's the thought that counts. It's not the amount of money that you spend on gifts and people know that, Hey, Etsy have like handmade stuff. I bet it's customizable and they're going to Etsy to, to find these things. But you got to put yourself out there. You got to be on this marketplace. And Jason, like you said, you have your own website where you drive a lot of traffic, but you know what? People like and trust marketplaces. If they haven't heard of your website, they're like, I don't know who this guy is. They understand Etsy, same way they understand Amazon or eBay. They know what they're getting into. There's a level of trust with the marketplace. And you're giving up some of the control of the transaction, but you're getting access to the customers that Etsy is attracting through their multi-million and billion dollar ad spends. So it's just, there's so many opportunities there. Is everything perfect? No, but there's so many things to try. And I, I would encourage anybody, if you can make something that someone says, hey, that's really good. Honestly, all you need is an iPhone, an Instagram account, and an Etsy account. And you're in business and you can get big if you want, or you can stay small. It's really up to you. But the opportunity is there literally for everyone. I totally agree, man. I, I think in the art um, space, you find more people than anywhere else in the world about like in terms of what you just described. I'll never forget to your point. I was in Hawaii one time at this little craft fair and this dude was making these, they're made out of glass and you can't see it, but you look into this glass ball and it's an optical illusion. It you can look into it and you see almost for it goes way like really deep. It's like this weird. And I I was talking to this guy's mom, and she said, "Oh, my son's the artist, and he loves doing it, but he doesn't know what how to sell or doesn't want to sell." And I was just like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen," and his mom's trying to sell it at the local flea market, and this could be on the internet. And there's so many artists like that. And part of my passion and for the show and for telling our stories and writing and that kind of thing is to try to help people. But I'll be honest, there's just so many people who it's just not their thing to do the selling and marketing. And I think there's a, a space for all of us to find a person like that and be of help to them or point them in the right direction. But anyway, I totally agree with you, Chris. Yeah. No, just, that, that's such a perfect example because I've seen it over and over again where people can make great, whether it's content or information or products or handmade stuff, it doesn't matter, but they're creators. That, that's it. They're not sellers. They're not marketers. I went to a comic con kind of convention thing and everybody there was like, like personal artists and like doing fan fiction, like really good. 
And I took so many cards and I talked to so many people and everybody thought I was like selling, I was like an Amazon sales rep or something. So I was like, dude, you should put this on merch by Amazon. Or have you ever thought of publishing your comic book through KDP? And they'd never even heard of these things, right? So I say, check it out. Give me your card. I'll email you some information. Like, I just like talking about this stuff if you guys haven't figured it out yet. So I was just happy to help them. I was happy to connect creators with platforms that are completely free so they can get their products out there to the world and make some money so they can support themselves to do more of the creating that they I took 78 business cards from there. And I actually sat down. I said, normally I don't do this. Normally I'm not a guy. I don't actually follow through. I emailed 78 different people. I had to actually type in the email addresses off of these cards. No one wrote me back. <laughs> that is brutal. It's there awesome. Probably a little it, bit of... Wow. Like, but, oh, I, and I'll do it again. Like, I don't mind doing it. But there yeah. was probably a lot of people who thought, oh, this is a scam. Well, this guy's trying to sell me something. And I get it. That's what, kind of what it looks like. But I, honestly, like, I, I can't sell merch by Amazon. I can't sell KDP. <laughs> I can just point you in the right direction and do it if you want to. But there was probably more yeah. of them that were like, that I sell at comic book shows. I was like, if you want to limit yourself, just like with, with your guy with the glass or circle thing. You want to limit yourself to people who come up to your booth at one resort at one island in one country. You're going to be limited, but you can put those same things on Etsy. But you have to take off you know, the, the creator hat and be like, okay, I'm, I'm not really sure that I'm a seller. I'm, I'm not sure how to market, but I'm going to learn it and I'm going to try it. And I'm going to put myself out there. And that's how you're going to grow and scale and actually make enough money to like not maybe make a million dollars, but make enough money to support what you're doing. But you've got to either admit yeah. That you're not good at marketing and decide to learn it or partner with a marketer. I think there should be you know Etsy yeah. marketing firms out there. So give us your product. We'll put it on Instagram and Etsy yeah. and yeah. we'll give you half the money and you won't have to do sure. anything else. Yeah. But I love that. You, you can't, wow. it's like the horse in the water, right? You can like stuff their head in the water. You can't make them drink it kind of thing. <laughs> I love that. I, I, that a few, so many op opportunities that we're giving people here that they need to number one, go to Comic Con with Chris Green. And if you recognize who Chris is and what a master, following and, and loyalty and, and great stuff he has to offer then actually if he gives you a business card and contacts you offering to help you for free just say yes that seems like a no-brainer but as you said there are so many people who just don't i don't know don't have that gene or the other things that strike me this reminds me of the amazon growth phase around 2013 to 14 where there were, the marketplace was pushing and chucking money as you said kyle that throwing google advertising money at it then a rising tide rises all ships if there's a particular stock that is rising like crazy they're therefore getting a lot of money from the stock market then they've got the cash to spend and they want to grab money market share then it's a great time to be on the platform so for me that would be a reason to take the platform seriously second thing is i've just had a design based person coming who's actually got a graphic design background and that's the focus of a product she's very good on instagram that's actually driving her amazon sales but it seems to me that could be a great fit etsy as well so there's lots of people who could consider it and then the other one Talking of Depop being sold to Amazon, sold to Etsy, I should say, that was a $1.6 billion sale. Now, I guess out of the people here, Jason, you're in a position where you created a marketplace. And it seems like just as we've had this development where Amazon business owners have created a product that suddenly the aggregators suddenly want to buy en masse, I wonder if marketplaces buying smaller marketplaces that are a fit for them is going to be the next wave. It's the kind of meta model. Jason, maybe you're sitting on the next oh. $100 million marketplace that could be sold to another marketplace it's just a yeah, thought that's occurred to me from all this stuff yeah i'm pretty tapped into i watch that industry because what you just described has been the practice in silicon valley for probably 10 years now where early money is invested into marketplaces significantly that people have realized it's a fantastic business model 
And so, you know, our marketplace is the total addressable market is a little small for mega investment. But but as a concept, marketplaces are a brilliant thing to create if you can be a market maker. And Etsy certainly has proved that it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, yeah, so t- totally agree. It is a neat thing to, to see. And Chris, to your point, the Pixie Fair marketplace is constructed with the messaging you just described. Basically, the 120 people that we serve are all um, passionate designers who we sell for. We're, we're the marketer and, and salespeople for them. And that's how our business works. So yeah, there's opportunity for marketplaces. That's a whole different mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think Kyle was going to jump into. Yeah, I, I just wanted, Yeah. I wanted to say something really quick. I think because uh, I was reflecting on what's the best sort of use case for Etsy if you're just going to be getting started. And I think from my perspective, it's a couple of, of angles, right? So if you are a creator and you are an artist and Etsy is a good fit for your products, it's a great market to launch to get product market fit data on. Amazon's going to be a lot harder to launch on, right? Yeah, you get more traffic, but it's going to be a lot more competitive. It's going to be a lot more expensive to see if your buyers or if there are buyers for your product out there, if you're going to be able to match up. The nice thing about Etsy is they do have an ad platform. So you're not just relying on organic traffic. And I think that's important, especially when you're just trying to get a good sense of where stuff is at. But you can also run, if you wanted to do quick tests, you can do some influencer marketing to your potential audience and just point them back to Etsy. That can work really effective as well. And then on the flip side of that, I think Etsy is really ideal if you have a, a, a catalog business, particularly in the digital space, it's like it's just like Jason's doing. But if you've done print on demand or you're doing merch by Amazon, Etsy is a beautiful extension of that because it has all the tool sets you, that you would want to have for it. You get good data back on terms of what's working, what's not working. They have search data in there now that you can look at. So if you have a catalog business, particularly digital one, I think Etsy is an amazing fit for that. And if you're just trying to figure out product market fit, it's, I think, also really a great opportunity for that if, you're, if your audience is there and that your products qualify. Kyle, we've never talked about this before, but I'll be honest. I like the Etsy ad platform better than any other marketplace ad platform, but you totally nerd out over ads. I'm more like a hand grenades and horseshoes like advertiser. Just throw throw the money in the right direction generally. But um, what's your thought on it? Because man, I, honestly, I'd be interested to know your point of view from AMS versus Etsy's sure. ad platform. Yeah. Etsy is a set it and forget it type platform. Like yeah. it's all yeah. basically automated on the back end. You decide love budget, it's you so decide great. budget and whether or not you're going to advertise your product and then they <laughs> let it go from there. So downside of that, you don't have any sort of fine tuned controls like you would on say Amazon ads or Google or Facebook or whatever. But also that's a relief because if that's not your area of expertise, then you can get the visibility. You turn it on, you set your budget, you know how much I want to spend every single day. And you can go back and you can look at those sales and say, okay, I spent this amount and this product generated X amount of profit or not profit. And you can just stop advertising that product. Like you don't have to continue to advertise your entire catalog. So it's nice and simple. And then they also have the opportunity to expand that to like Google shopping ads that I mentioned before as well. And they do that at no additional cost to you in that process. So it, it's simple and easy and which makes it nice to get visibility, which is what the name of the game is, especially when you're starting out. The reason I love it is because there's, oh, sorry, Michael, I didn't mean to interrupt, but. I was going to say, I, I, I'm Go just ahead. aware that we may end up going down a bit of a rabbit hole here with, because if we had, we're 
sort of going to yeah, try yeah. and take okay. hot takes that are getting a bit detailed. However, <laughs> uh, if advertising on different platforms is a topic we want to address, I definitely think that would be something there'd be a big audience for that. Right now, my my uh, clients would be desperate to know how to reduce their ad spend. So I think we we ought to probably wrap it there, folks. But obviously, something that there's great expertise around this table in, in XC. If people want to get hold of you and Kyle, Jason, let's let's uh, have you the sort of point man for you and J- uh, you and Kyle with your winning on Shopify. Obviously, it's broader than winning on Shopify now. Includes Etsy. How do people get hold of you guys? Yeah, actually, we're just about to tip over into our brand new branding. By the time people listen to this, we might be out in public with it all. But our new brand actually is it's called Omni Rocket. And that'll be Omni as in Omni Channel. <laughs> and, uh, Kyle geeks out with people on, uh, on uh, Amazon. And I focus on Shopify mainly. And then to the extent Etsy is a topic for folks, happy to talk to them about that as well. But yeah, I suppose the best way to still reach us is just go to winningonshopify.com and see what happens. There's a contact form and consulting form or omnirocket.com. And you can check that out too. see where we're at, depending on when you listen to this. Happy to be of help. I love Etsy. I wrote a book about it years ago, but it's not really the top or popular book on it anymore. And it's really kind of basic info. But yeah, anyway, hopefully that helps. Excellent. Yeah, so imagine people maybe reaching out to you. And Chris, you were mentioning that you work with a lot of people in the sort of earlier stages and trying to help them navigate so many options, so many possibilities. If people want to work with you to get some help, how would they come? Just you can Google me. I'm on Facebook, chrisgreen.com. Easy to get a hold of. I'll give people one tip as we wrap up. Go to Etsy and look up stuff for teachers and stop and think and be like, wait a minute, I can make stuff that other people want, what the teachers want all kinds of stuff. It's all printable and digital. So if you have no idea what to do, go over there and do those searches. And if you do already have a product, go over there and see if anybody's selling it and then actually decide to take action. Otherwise you'll be doing the same thing next year <laughs> as you're doing this year. So the opportunities are there. Try them out. There's, there's no harm. There's no risk. There's minimal like risk. It. It's worth it. Fantastic. <laughs> that, that was a value call to action. Not only can you get hard of people <laughs> Googling Chris Green, and but also get on with taking action. I love that what you were just saying, by the way, my wife's a teacher and she's always creating sort of uh, materials, but she's never made it commercial on. I sell stuff on the internet. I could probably help her with that. So that I, even I may take you up on maybe your first pizza test of that, if I could carve some time out. Anyway, folks, been great to uh, chat to you. If you want to check out the e-commerce leader podcast, just go to any good podcast app near you or uh, for show notes, theecommerceleader.com. Don't forget, if you're finding us on call and if you're not there yet, we're blowing up on call in. We're now number six. I believe in the education shows, which is great out of a, quite a big list as well. So come and find us. They call in C-A-L-L-I-N for November if you're on iPhone. But otherwise, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for listening. And Chris Green, Carl Hamer and Jason Miles, thank you so much for being part of the show, guys. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.